So I want to invite you this morning uh, to turn with me. If you have a Bible, use it. If not, they're in the back. Uh, We're going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Galatian Christians, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, which is actually in the New Testament. It's in the second half of the Bible. Vamos a estar mirando Galatas capítulo 6, versículos 1 al 6. Uh, page numbers there are keyed to the Bibles in the back and may help you in finding this. Today we're beginning a new series of messages. I'll have more to say about that in just a minute. Vamos a comenzar una nueva serie de mensajes. Voy a decir más a continuación. But what I'd like to do right now is uh, read Galatians 6, the first six verses, first in Spanish and then in English. Uh, comienzo leyendo en español, después en inglés. What we have here are words that were penned by the early church leader Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so this is the word of God. Son palabras inspiradas al Espíritu Santo por medio de Pablo y son la palabra de Dios para nosotros. So let's listen as God's word speaks. Pablo dice lo siguiente, hermanos, si alguien es sorprendido en pecado, ustedes que son espirituales deben restaurarlo con una actitud humilde. Pero cuídese cada uno porque también puede ser tentado. Ayúdense unos a otros a llevar sus cargas y así cumplirán la ley de Cristo. Si alguien quiere ser algo cuando en realidad no es nada, se engaña a sí mismo. Cada cual examine su propia conducta y si tiene algo de qué presumir, que no se compare con nadie. Que cada uno cargue con su propia responsabilidad. El que recibe instrucción en la palabra de Dios, comparta todo lo bueno con quien le enseña. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. So I'm, I'm getting to a, an age and a stage of life where I really like to keep things simple, okay? I like simple things at this point in my life. A mi edad me gustan las cosas sencillas. I prefer to eat healthy, simple food, nothing fancy. Prefiero la comida sencilla y sana. Um, Most of the time I am good wearing simple secondhand clothes, yeah, this one's secondhand. So that's me. I like that. Me gusta la ropa muy sencilla. And I am okay driving a, a small, simple, used car. Está bien manejar un carro sencillo usado. Simple stuff. But life wasn't always that way for me. Life used to be more complicated. Back when I was driving, blue. Antes manejaba blue. Well, What's blue? Well, blue is the name that we gave to our family car. 
our family car, which was a 1995 Plymouth minivan. Blue era nuestro minivan en 1995, and for 16 years I drove blue. All right? Blue was our family car we bought in New York. When we lived in New York City, compramos blue in Nueva York, and blue literally took our family all the way across the country. Nos llevó a lo largo del país. Uh, we started out, as I said, in Queens, New York. Blue moved us to Kentucky. Nos trasladó Kentucky. We were there uh, for about a year, and then Blue moved us to Iowa. The Kentucky nos llevó a Iowa. And then from there, Blue moved us all the way out here to California. And if you know me uh, and were in a sunrise years ago, you can remember the days when I was driving Blue around town. You say, oh, yeah, there goes the Ciders family. I can tell. That's that Blue minivan. Uh, nosotros teníamos este carro muchos años aquí en California. And, and Blue really was uh, our, our family car. It was our baseball and our soccer bus. Era el autobús de baseball, de fútbol. It, it was our camping RV. We used to take Blue up into, you know, the Sierras and camp in Sequoia National Park and have all our camping equipment. Nos, nos uh, llevaba el equipo de campamento. campamento. Uh, uh, Blue really, you know, it hauled everything. We started out hauling diapers and cribs, and toys, jalábamos o teníamos en el carro pañales y juguetes, etc. But then it was school projects, and, and, and pretty soon it was sports equipment, and it was a music equipment down the road. Después había equipo deportivo, equipo de música. I, I mean, our boys literally grew up in that car. They were babies when they got in. They were teenagers when they came out. Entraban mis hijos como bebés, salieron como adolescentes. But it wasn't just my boys, my sons, who grew up and matured in blue. My wife and I had to do some growing too. Mi esposa y yo también maduramos en este carro. We had that car during some very turbulent, very difficult, very trying times in our life and in our family and, and so you see, when I talk about blue, I'm not just talking about a means of transportation. Blue no era solo un medio de transporte. Blue was, was really a means for bringing our family together. It was a place where we spent a lot of hours as a family. Era un lugar donde estábamos unidos como familia. I share that story with you because this year as a church, as Sunrise Community Church, we've, we've projected a goal, and that goal is to be moving towards maturity. That's our goal for the year. La meta del año 2021 es avanzando hacia la madurez. And when you talk about moving towards maturity, there's that idea in the word moving of being on a journey, of going somewhere. Avanzando implica una, una trayectoria. And if you're going to be moving and you're going to be on a journey for any length of time, you've got to have some sort of vehicle for getting there. Hay que tener un vehículo para una trayectoria. And God's word shows us that God has provided for you and for me, the perfect vehicle that we need in order to be moving towards maturity, in order for us to advance in this walk of following Jesus. Dios nos ha dado un vehículo perfecto para avanzar hacia la madurez. Now we need to understand what kind of vehicle we're talking about here. This vehicle that God has given us is not 
like a sports car, okay? It's not like that. No es como un carro deportivo. It's not like a luxury car. It's not like a self-driving Tesla, all right, that you just get in and it all happens automatically. No es como un Tesla automático. The vehicle that God has given for you and me to grow and advance and to move towards maturity in Christ is more like a family car. It's this thing we call the church. Es un vehículo familiar que se llama la iglesia. And so this morning, through this passage in Galatians, what I'd like us to do in a sense is to kind of open up the hood and look inside of this vehicle that God has provided for us. Vamos a abrir el cofre y mirar el motor de este vehículo que Dios nos ha dado, que es la iglesia. Looking into a little bit more what is the nature of the church. And we learn a number of things from this scripture. And one of the things we learn is that in this vehicle called the church, we are actually responsible for caring for one another. In este vehículo somos responsables para ayudarnos los unos a los otros. Verse 1, Paul writing here says, Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, you who live by the Spirit, should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Hermanos, si alguien es sorprendido en pecado, dice Pablo, ustedes que son espirituales deben restaurarlo con una actitud humilde, pero cuídese cada uno porque también puede ser tentado. Now, contrary to what we might be tempted to think, the spiritual ones in the church, the spiritual ones are not always the people who pray the most. Los espirituales no son siempre los que oran lo más. The spiritual ones in the church are not necessarily always those people who know most about the Bible or who have read more of the Bible than anybody else. Los espirituales no son siempre los que leen más de la Biblia. The spiritual ones in the church, the ones who live in step with the Spirit, are not always and necessarily the people that are up on a platform uh, uh, talking or singing or playing an instrument or leading a prayer. No son siempre los que están enfrente de la congregación. The spiritual ones, Paul is saying here, are the ones who who know how with gentleness, with humility, to come alongside those people who are hurting and, and who have fallen and who are broken in their sin to bring restoration. Los espirituales son los que saben restaurar a los que están en problemas por el pecado. Verse 2 talks a little more about this. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ ayúdense unos a otros a llevar sus cargas y así cumplirán la ley de Cristo so carrying each other's burdens here is really associated with being able to lift up people who have been burdened by sin hay que levantar los cargados del pecado uh, perhaps and it would seem their own sin but also perhaps those who are burdened because of the consequences from the sins of others. People who are broken, people who are hurting. Es levantar a los que están en pecado y los que han sufrido por los pecados de los demás. 
And the ones who know how to do this, the ones who know how to come next to people who are, are on the side of the road and they're bleeding and they're broken and they're hurting and they've messed up and they're confused, the ones who know how to do that are not only the spiritual ones, the ones who are walking in line with the Spirit. It says these are the ones who fulfill the law of Christ. Estos no solo son los espirituales, sino los que cumplen la ley de Cristo. Now, what is that all about? The law of Christ, la ley de Cristo. ¿Qué es? Now, what we need to understand is what this is not talking about. The law, the word law here in this particular passage is not referring so much to a list of, of rules and regulations and norms. So in other words, to, to fulfill the law of Christ, you know, don't smoke, don't spit, don't chew and go with people who do. That's not the, the sense of law here. No se trata de reglas como no, es, no fumas, no, 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 no escupas y, y no vayas con los que hagan eso. No. The word law here is referring more to a pathway, a way of life. It is the law or the way of Jesus Christ. It's the camino, el camino de Cristo. And what is the law of Christ or the way of Christ, the pathway of Christ? It is the way of love. It's the camino del amor. Now Jesus outlined that for us in Matthew chapter 22. Verse 37, if you want to turn there, you can. Mateo 22, 37, Jesus said this simply. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Ama Señor tu Dios con todo tu corazón, con todo tu ser, con toda tu mente. Es el primero y el más importante de los mandamientos. And then he said, the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. El segundo se parece a este, ama a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. De estos dos mandamientos dependen toda la ley y los profetas. So, love God with all you've got. Love your neighbor. This is the law. In summary, this is the way to live. The way of Christ. Ama a Dios. Ama tu prójimo. And when we are bearing each other's burdens, when we in this vehicle called the church are learning how to, to care for one another, what we are doing is we are loving our neighbor. Cuando cuidamos de los que están en problemas en la iglesia, amamos a nuestro prójimo. But in doing that, in loving those who are hurting, we need to be careful. Watch out, it says in verse 1, or you too may be tempted. Cuidado, porque uno puede ser tentado. Tempted to do what? Tempted to be distracted from our own love of God. La tentación es ser distraído de nuestro propio amor de Dios. Verse 3 talks a little bit more about that. It says, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing he deceives himself si alguien quiere ser algo cuando en realidad no es nada se engaña a sí mismo so one of the great temptations that we're going to have as we deal with other people 
in the church as we deal with people who are hurting or dealing with people's weaknesses and dealing with people's failures and dealing with people's messes is that we're going to be tempted to think that somehow because we're helping somebody else who's in a weak spot, we are better than they are. We are superior to them. Es una tentación pensar que si ayudamos a otros somos superiores a ellos. And here Paul's saying, watch out for that trap. Cuídense. Verse 4, each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Cada cual examine su propia conducta y si tiene algo de que presumir que no se compare con nadie. Que cada uno cargue con su propia responsabilidad. So as we're on this pathway of following Jesus, we have to be careful not to drift over the yellow line into oncoming traffic. No podemos desviarnos de la línea amarilla. In other words, to drift over from loving our neighbor to comparing ourselves with them and thinking that we've got it more together than they do. Hay que tener cuidado de, de moverse uno, de amar al prójimo, de compararnos con ellos. That's the danger in the church. The strange thing about this family vehicle that we're in called the church is that even though we're all on the same journey and we're all going in the same direction, we're all attempting to follow Jesus together. Estamos en este vehículo de la iglesia en la misma dirección, con la misma meta. The strange thing about it is we're all going at different speeds. And there are some who are in front of us Further down the road, there are some who are behind us who are not quite as far along on the journey. And then there are some who, as I said before, are wiped out on the side of the road and they need our assistance. Hay los que están enfrente de nosotros y detrás más maduros, menos maduros, y los que están a la vera del camino heridos. And as we're traveling, we need to understand that and we need to be careful because here's the thing. Write it down. It's going to happen when you're in a family vehicle. You're going to have problems. You're going to bump up against each other. You're going to rub up against each other. Habrá choques y roces en la iglesia. Our family traveled all the way across the country. Thank goodness my kids could hardly talk because if they could, it could have been a really nasty thing. It was enough for my wife and I to be in the car together, right? You understand, when you're on a family trip, these kinds of things are going to happen. Raise your hand if you've never been hurt in this family car called the church. I don't see any hands. I'm going to put mine down too. It's going to happen. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to have those things that happen. And we need to understand that although we might be doing well right now, The next time, we might be the person on the side of the road who's broken and bleeding and needing help. Aunque estemos bien ahora, la próxima vez puede ser que seamos nosotros al lado, herido. So we can't become proud by comparing ourselves with others. No podemos hacernos orgullosos al compararnos con los demás. And that's because 
Each of us is running our own race. This is the weird thing about the church. We're running our own race. We're all individually called to love God with all our heart and soul and mind. And the only real standard that I need to compare myself with is not my fellow traveler, not my fellow Christian, but the real standard I need to compare myself with is Jesus Christ himself. Now that's a standard. El único estándar con el cual puedo compararme es con Cristo mismo. That's why in 2 Corinthians 13.5, the, the Bible gives us this challenge. It says this, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Examínense para ver si están en la fe. Pruébense a sí mismos. ¿No se dan cuenta de, Cristo, de que Cristo Jesús está en ustedes? A menos que fracasen en la prueba. So there's this odd thing going on in the church. There's this, this tension or this balance going on between my own personal walk with Jesus Christ. Each one has to carry their own load. I have my, my call to love God and love Uh, him with all my heart, there's that balance between my personal walk and the responsibility I have to do that in community with other people. Both of those things are important. Tengo una responsabilidad a mi camino personal con el Señor y hacia otra persona en la comunidad de la iglesia. In fact, a big part of my personal walk, a big part of my loving God and loving Jesus must be to learn how to love the people in this vehicle that are with me. Una gran parte de mi relación con el Señor es amar a los demás en la iglesia. That's why First John says, how can someone say I love God if they can't love the people they see? ¿Cómo puedo decir que amo a Dios si no amo a la persona que veo? So, it's important that we're encouraging the ones who are weaker, encouraging the ones who are hurting. Hay que animar a los que, que están débiles. But here's the other thing. It's not just the person who's behind me or on the side of the road. We're called to encourage the people ahead of us. Vemos animar a los que están enfrente también. Verse 6 hints at that. Versículo 6, it says, anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. El que recibe instrucción en la palabra de Dios comparta todo lo bueno con quien le enseña. So in the church, there are going to be those who, who give instruction, who give the word of God, who give teaching. A los que dan enseñanza a la iglesia, and there are going to be those who receive teaching a los que reciben enseñanza, and really in the church what you've got is people who are both receiving, teaching, and giving it. A los que reciben y dan la enseñanza de la palabra. And this is saying if you are on at some point along the way, if you are on the receiving end of instruction, literally the word is catechism from God's word, If you're on the receiving end of that from somebody else, you need to be encouraging that person. 
Si has recibido instrucción la palabra de otro, tienes que animar a esta persona. Specifically in this particular passage, one of the main ways this is driving at is, is that if you're receiving instruction and you're receiving a building up in God's word from somebody who is giving a major portion of their time and energy to that, then they need to have your your financial support at some level as well so that they can continue to do that work. Se trata de apoyar económicamente a los que dan de la palabra de Dios. That's kind of the first level, but there's more than that going on here. I think this is hinting at and, and suggesting something more. Because I think if you're a teacher, and I know we have some teachers out there, if you're a parent, you're a teacher. One of the greatest joys of being a teacher is not only that you get to teach or to give, but you get to watch that person you teach turn around and help somebody else. Un maestro que da quiere ver que el estudiante ayude a otra persona. That is a good thing. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, that's what Paul is driving at. Segunda Timoteo 2.2. Paul, who's the same one writing Galatians, is writing in 2 Timothy, and he's talking to a young leader by the name of Timothy. Pablo habla a Timoteo, and here's what he says to Timothy. The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Lo que me has oído decir en presencia de muchos testigos encomiéndolo a creyentes dignos de confianza que a su vez estén capacitados para enseñar a otros. So Paul's saying, take this instruction, this training that I'm giving you, Timothy, Turn around and give it to somebody else who will give it to somebody else who will give it to somebody else. Leaving a legacy, there could be no greater joy for a follower of Jesus who is growing up and maturing in the faith than to be able to turn around and leave a legacy. That's a true reward. El, el premio de veras es dejar un legado a otros que den a otros que den a otros. And so it's not a one-way street. We're called to encourage those who are more mature and give to us. So with all of this, what I want to say this morning is that we're beginning a series of messages called Making Sense of Church. Estamos ya en una serie de mensajes, Comprendiendo que es la Iglesia. Now, if you've been around the last few weeks, you know we just got done with a, a series of messages called Making Sense of God, and we're not done with that. You'll never get done making sense of God. But we spent a few weeks looking at this thing called theology and trying to understand a little bit better how uh, God is in our lives according to the Word. Terminamos una serie de mensajes comprendiendo quién es Dios, la teología. Well, now, in the next few weeks, we'd like to spend more time talking about this family vehicle called the church. It's a branch of theology known as ecclesiology, the nature of the church. Se trata de la eclesiología, la naturaleza de la iglesia. And so over the next few weeks, that's what I hope to do. Now, just to kind of summarize all of this, a few months ago, I was challenged, and it was a challenge for me, to kind of take all of this understanding of the church and understanding of following Jesus and put it on a napkin, a little drawing. Now, I'm not an artist, but I think I may have shown this to some of you before, but I've got it on the screen if we can get it there. I want to show you this napkin drawing, and at the center you'll see a cross. Hay la cruz en el puro blanco. It's like a target. 
The center of the target, the center of everything is Jesus Christ, the one who's died and risen for us. Jesus is the centro del blanco. That's the bullseye. We want to go towards him. We want to become like him. That's the definition of maturity. Queremos seguirlo a él y hacernos maduros. How do we get there? Well, first of all, we follow the law of Christ. Love God. Amar a Dios. That's the first and greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Amar a Dios de todo corazón, todo tu ser, toda tu mente. There's another word we use for that in the church, and that word is simply worship. We are made to worship and glorify God. Uh, uh, Juan talked about that this morning. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, as we sang, Adorar a Dios. And part of that also, then, is the second commandment, to love people. Amar a la gente. And we're to love people by, as we said this morning, by restoring those who've sinned and fallen, by helping those who are hurting, by reaching out to people in the church family, people in the world, by going and delivering things for our neighbors as we want to do in a couple of weeks. It's all about loving our neighbor too. Queremos amar a nuestro prójimo, levantándolos, ayudándolos. There's a word associated with that as well, and the word is serve. So we love God, we love neighbor. Amar a la gente es servir. As we're loving God, as we love our neighbor and love other people, we also want to build up and train people in the word of God, that people would be edified. Queremos edificar a las personas y capacitarlas a la palabra de Dios. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 28. He said, as you're going, literally, as you are going through life, make disciples of all the nations. Mientras vayan, hagan discípulos de todas las naciones. How? Baptizing them and then teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Enseñándoles a obedecer todo lo que les he mandado. What is that? That's making disciples. Es hacer discípulos. Another word for that is a word we use around here called multiply. Multiplicar. So you see them on around the edge there. Keep, keep the drawing up there if you can. Love God, love people, make disciples. Those are like three feathers on an arrow. So como tres plumas en una flecha. And that's, that's to guide us, that's to move us towards the target of Jesus, becoming more like him. And then you see the arrows in a circle. Ven las flechas en, una, en un círculo. What does that represent? That represents that as we're doing this, as we love God, love people, make disciples, worship, serve, multiply, we are to continuously be growing. It's a journey. I'm going to grow in loving God. I'm going to grow in serving. I'm going to grow in making disciples. Voy crecer en amar a Dios a la gente y en hacer discípulos. So here's the question I want to put before you this morning. The question is this. In which direction are you moving? ¿En qué dirección vas? Are you going towards the bullseye of Jesus? Or perhaps you're like that arrow on the left there. You're, you're drifting. You're distancing. A lo mejor está, te estás alejando. If you are, if you're in that second place of, of drifting away, 
the church. The church is here to gently come alongside of you, to nudge you, to encourage you to move back towards the center in community with God's people. La iglesia quiere darte un ánimo, un, un empujoncito para que vayas hacia el centro. Because you see, the church is God's vehicle for moving us towards maturity, helping us to become mature followers of Jesus, both personally and as a community. La iglesia es el vehículo para que nos hagamos seguidores de Jesús maduros individualmente y en comunidad. So God's word this morning is saying don't travel solo. No vayan solo. And as you go go with gentleness and thanksgiving. Those are the two encouragements I want to leave with us. Que vayamos con humildad y con agradecimiento. Gentleness, humility, not critiquing everyone, not comparing ourselves, but loving people in need. Queremos tener gentileza hacia la gente. And with thanksgiving. Why? Because there are those that are ahead of us that are helping us. There are people in this body who are way more spiritual than I am. Way more loving, caring, blessing than I am. And I look to them I look to the more mature people in the body to help me to mature. Veo a las personas más maduras para ayudarme a mí. We need to give thanks for them. And we need to give to thanks for everyone. Because you see, God's got us in this family car together for a reason. Dios tiene en este vehículo familiar juntos por un pretexto. So let's give thanks. Let's pray together. This morning, Heavenly Father, we're, we're recognizing some things that perhaps we aren't always conscious of. No estamos siempre conscientes, Señor. And that's that we're not traveling alone. And Lord, there have been times when I have I've tried to be very individualistic, very independent and I've paid the price so Lord I thank you for this vehicle that you've given called the church and Lord for those who've been hurt in the church over the years maybe people in this very room I want to pray that today would be a, maybe a moment of healing opportunity to recognize that while we may hurt each other, misunderstand each other, at times even fail each other, you, Jesus, have never failed us. Aunque nos lastimemos unos a otros, tú nunca nos fallas, Señor. 
And you've got us in this together. This is your idea, not ours. The church is your plan, not ours. La iglesia tu plan y no el nuestro. And so, Lord, we're trusting and believing that as we're on this journey, that we're going to grow. And so I pray, help us to grow in loving you and loving others, in making followers of Jesus even as we follow him. Ayúdanos a amar a Dios, a amar a nuestro prójimo y a ser discípulos. Get us ready for this service project in a couple weeks. And even through this week, wherever we're going, whether we're at work, at the store, on the road, at our dinner table, at home, may we have conversations. May we have interactions that point to Jesus. Que tengamos donde quiera vayamos que tengamos conversaciones que nos señalan a Jesús we thank you and we praise you for this time we've had together move us forward in some way this week we pray for the weak we pray for those who are hurting and mourning the loss of loved ones oramos por los que han tenido la pérdida de un querido esta semana and we rejoice with those who are rejoicing those who have given birth and have new life this week damos gracias por los que han tenido nueva vida en su familia esta semana in the highs and the lows Jesus you are there walk with us and help us to walk with each other ayúdanos a caminar contigo y nosotros unos con otros we ask this in the name above every name in the name of Jesus our Lord en el nombre del Señor Jesús Amén